With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Again, and welcome to episode 11. Lucky number 11 to some people. It's a lucky number, I'm just going to say, because every number could be lucky to anybody. Uh, And this is Stuart Gordon's The Black Cat. It is. Uh, Obviously. (laughs) This is Stuart Gordon, one of our favorites. Uh, This is co-written again by his same co-writer he had on... Uh, Dreams in the Witch House, mm-hmm. Dennis something, Dennis Paoli, mm-hmm. uh, and it's an episode that you have watched quite a bit. Oh, first, I feel like we need to make a shout out and say hello, Christine's mom. Hi, mom, if you're listening. Hi, if you're listening. Hi. Nice to know you're Hi. listening. Yeah. Hi. You probably won't like this one. Don't watch it. Is it because of the cat violence? Um, yeah, I guess. Mm. Probably. I know. She's, did you like it? <laughs> you're usually my barometer. <laughs> That's well, true. Family. For those who yeah. don't know, uh, Christine's mom and I tend to share a lot of the same taste. Yeah, it's, um, it's questionable did, at best. <laughs> I I liked this one. I don't think I loved it the way I know you do. Well. Oh, no. Y'all wanted a twist. Oh. Did you um, not love it anymore? I, it's not. I, I didn't. So I think I... I I hyped it. I overhyped it in my head. Oh. Like, I I thought I loved it when I... I just... I still like it. I think it's very interesting what they did. It's a pastiche, yes. if you will. Yes. Um, I inter- I liked what they did. I liked how it was done. I really like Jeffrey Combs as Edgar Allan mm-hmm. Poe. I think he... Like, I remember people saying, like, he is turning in a performance. And yes. he really did. Yeah. But, like... I, and I don't even know, like, not to undercut, there is animal violence in it. To me, it looked very obviously fake, but I get that any animal in peril, because there was, like, a cat flailing, mm-hmm. I, I get that any animal in peril can make people uncomfortable, so I completely respect if you just want to, like, not even Skip bother with it for with that reason, one. yeah. Yeah, but, like, for me, that wasn't what undid it. I just, I don't know, it was a little maybe on the nose. Mm-hmm. Is that even a decent critique? I don't know. It just felt like it wasn't a hundred percent there for me, and it maybe is because I had I had such a grand memory of it. Do you think anything else now in season one where his segment stood out because it was probably one of three or four that were like genuinely good? Yeah. And this season we've had 
so many more good episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that made a difference for you? Probably, because I didn't... As as you know, I haven't seen many of these season mm-hmm. two ones. And so I watched this one out of context with the memories of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably was like, oh, another good one. Yeah. You're really doing it. But this season has been... The highs, for me, haven't been as high, maybe, as season one. But the lows are definitely... Like, not as low. So, I'm I'm not as shocked when I see something that's not completely offensive. Sure, true, true. All right, so um, for those who don't know, we do spoil these episodes, so we will go into detail. Although, on this one, like, if you know anything about Edgar Allan Poe or the Black Cat, you probably know most of it. But still, Christine, tell us about the episode. What happens in it? Okay, so this is basically like a dramatization it's like a like a Edgar Allan Poe biography dramatization thing and the way that I kind of synopsized it last night when I was describing it was it it was like somebody said oh Edgar Allan Poe wrote the black cat I wonder what that process was like Mm -hmm. yeah so we essentially get to see his life surrounding the creation of this story and like these these like delusions that caused him to write it <laughs> i don't know it's it's really weird and interesting so it starts off with um you know a semi-historical re- reenactment of like he's a degenerate drunk he's terrible mm-hmm. his wife is sick he can't stop drinking he wants to be a poet but everybody wants him to write like spooky spooky stories and he is really conflicted and he's maybe not the best guy he seems pretty terrible and he's getting really impatient and upset and then he feels like this cat is attacking him like personally emotionally physically and then at some point it breaks from reality and he kills the cat, but the cat comes back. His wife dies, but his wife comes back. He kills his wife, but then the cat rats him. Like, you know, the black cat story. The cat rats him out because he buried his wife behind a brick wall. That's, what is the giallo that has that exact story? I kept talking about it. Is it the black uh, cat? I know, didn't Argento make a movie called The Black Cat? It could maybe be that. it's an Edward, Edvidge Fennec one. Uh, House of Whipcord or Your Room is a Locked Key. and uh, Your Room is a Locked Door and Only I Have the I have Key. The right. Maybe yeah. that one. I don't know. Look, giallo names are wild. But I know <laughs> they're very it's... long. Yes, it's like a story. I yes. like it. I have seen that giallo and I liked it because I like this gimmick. I don't know. I like like that that idea like a dude did something fucked up and he almost got away with it but if like it wasn't for that darn cat. <laughs> the cat told on him and I I like that. And I like the story and I I'm going to let you talk because I, I feel like I've just said everything I have to say. Please tell me about <laughs> your experience with this. No, so it, it's funny because I come to it not with a huge knowledge of Edgar Allan Poe. Like I know, you know, I'm a horror fan. So obviously I've read some of the, the main stories. Um, it's, I understand his importance in the literary world because there is a lot that comes from him. There's a lot that references him. Um, I have never read The Black Cat. I was trying to find mm-hmm. it, but I was having a little trouble finding an easy copy online. Um, so while I know it, and I've seen many, a film that has taken the story one way or another, like um, there is that with Two Evil Eyes, the Dario, is it Dario Argento who does that segment with Harvey Keitel? 
that's not Ooh, like I don't know. It's not really like talk about animal violence. That one's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I, you know, there's I've never seen a straight adaptation of the story. Mm-hmm. I really like the idea, and I, I think again, this is what separates Stuart Gordon from some of the other filmmakers in Masters of Horror is that he's smart. He's literary. He's well read. Um, I bet like when and this is something I've I have heard from people who have known him and who've talked about him say that he just was so great to talk to because he had such a wealth of knowledge and he was and so I'm sure he read this story many times and read Poe many times and you know it does feel really thoughtful that it's okay I'm gonna do Poe I'm gonna do a period piece which again we don't get many of in this series understandably because then it's more expensive or you have to do a mm-hmm. lot more work in your production to do that. This is very true. Yeah. Um, and so I like, and I like it to, it ends up being a really simple idea, but one that makes so much sense, which is just, I'm telling the black, like you're saying, I'm telling the black cat, but it's going to be Poe as the main guy. And it, it works. Um, and again, I think Jeffrey Combs is great. I really think he did a nice job. He did. Yeah. And I mean, him and obviously Stuart Gordon work together a lot. So they, uh, they know each other well. They work together well. I, I I don't have it on DVD, so I didn't listen to the commentary. But I was reading some reviews of it that mention the commentary and say, like, it's just so great to hear the two of them talk together. Um, but I think, I don't know, I just don't didn't get that much out of it. Like, once I saw what it was doing, I was like, okay, that's clever. And it goes, pretty much follows where I think it's going. Like, nothing surprised me in it. Okay, fair. Um I kind of forgot exactly how it did it, like, mm-hmm. like when it turned and how it ended. I mean, I knew, I knew what the gimmick was, but like, I, I don't know. I was really, I don't impressed, I guess, mm-hmm. by like how fun and seamless and like, I don't know, interesting it ended up being. Yeah. I didn't like, I didn't, I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I think that it, so there is like the cat like the animal stuff which is like a bummer and felt mean and but i didn't personally i didn't feel like it was like aggressively no it felt i mean mean and and awful for a character to do but not um gratuitous because that's the point is that this man is an alcoholic and when he drinks he is evil he is terrible. He is an alcoholic yes. who, yes. and I mean, alcoholism wears many faces and there are people who, you know, who, who get drunk and are more pleasant than when they're sober. Like mm-hmm. there's a whole gamut, but there is a very large population of, of alcoholics who, when they drink, they are violent and, and awful people. And I, I think that is something I, I really liked about this episode was it really, to me, did boil down very clearly to this is a story about alcoholism. And how devastating it can be, how dangerous it can be, because truly he loves his wife. Uh, It is very clear that, you know, and I mean, there's, you know, in real life, Poe married his cousin who was like 13 and, you know, not the like lovely romantic story that you ever really want to hear. But this doesn't do that, thankfully, because I don't want to watch Jeffrey Combs and a 14-year-old girl. Uh, You know, his wife is lovely. Um, I like that actress a lot. She was in... I do, too. um, Oh, she was in recently. She was in Ready or Not. But she Mm -hmm. was in that Hulu Into the Dark Thanksgiving film, uh, Pilgrim, where she plays a pilgrim, and she is very good in that. 
I can saw, play period very well. I saw that pop up. She was in um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is one of my favorite shows. Um, I like her a lot. And, yeah. and she was good. Like, yep. everybody was good. Yeah. And yeah. that he clearly loves her. Like, he really does want to, you know, he has two problems, really. Which one is he drinks. The other is he thinks he's a poet. And that is not what he can make money at doing. And... Like, and so it's like he cares about two things in the world. He cares about poetry and he cares about his wife. Mm-hmm. And because he can't prioritize one, he can't prioritize his wife, he ends up drinking. And, th- and that's where all of this awfulness comes. So I like that it's, it's a very clear trajectory and it's telling a very kind of moralistic story in many ways, which is look, if you're an alcoholic, you can't drink. You can't promise your yeah. wife something and then, and then break that. And what I like is you get to a point. So if you just watch it narratively and you're like, this is what's happening in this, you're like this fucking ass, this motherfucker, this degenerate asshole, unforgivable. And then you yeah. realize that a huge chunk of it didn't happen. And you're like, oh, so wait, did he figure out that if he kept going on this path, mm. he would lose everything he cared about? And there's like a weird, like self-redemptive thing there which I really kind of liked it had this like you know how I feel about a happy ending like when it's (laughs) earned when they're all when it's the stupid cat and the stupid fish and you can hear the stupid bird tweeting (laughs) and they're just there all together and you're like everything's it's better now because he he saw what would happen if he kept on this path and I know that's not like historically accurate (laughs) <laughs> but like I liked that thinking that he he saw how bad it could be and how what a destructive mm-hmm. force he could be in his wife's life and, and you know his own life and he's like oh fuck but of, and of course he did it with that you know pano- like a horror writer panache like <laughs> it not just that she would leave me but that like I would accidentally end up hitting her in the head with an axe and like burying her behind a wall because he does starts to do things that aren't characteristic of like a that's something a good person wouldn't do right even if they were under the influence or struggling with addiction like a lot of people struggling with addiction don't accidentally murder their wife and then bury them behind like brick them up behind a wall so it got like super extreme but i think you know we get the point he (laughs) he he saw the road he was going down and like it was like a little rewind and he was like oh i can't do that And now, I really like that. at what point does because his wife is dead, right? No, no. Okay, it, did I miss that? Well, so the the wife dies in oh, the story, right. like like after the fish dies. So if the fish never dies, then she never. Like I used the fish oh. as my as my reference point. So if the fish was okay, then then Pluto, the cat, never killed the killed fish. Killed the fish, right. So then the bird never, like, it, if that's the point. So she had consumption or was sick. Sure. Clearly, because she was, you know, coughing up blood. But, like, she never died and she never magically came back to life and their <laughs> house never burned down. And their cat never like, spoke with her voice. Oh, my gosh. So effective. Just imagining one day one of my cats doing that. Like, because oh. they, they do, like, my cats are very talkative cats, um, to the point where sometimes you hear them on the podcast, but sometimes I have to, uh, 
uh, let's just say that for a while I had to sleep in a different room because Mookie would just meow all night for no good reason. So if one day Mookie opens up in his mouth and instead of his annoying little yowl, it's just like Bran and moaning, that mm-hmm. would be something. That would be something, mm-hmm. I will say. It Unsettling, right? Yeah. I don't know. I've, I think I'm talking myself into liking it more. I liked it a lot. But then I watched it and I was like, well, maybe this isn't the best episode ever. And now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, it's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I liked it. Um, again, didn't get it. Uh, not to me, I liked Witch House better. Mm-hmm. I think I did, too. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it, I mean, if this was season one, it would be like number three. <laughs> Um, I don't know oh, yet where it will fall sure. for me for season two, but more towards the upper middle of the pack than yeah. towards the top. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. But for sure, imagine if this had been somebody else randomly directed it and had been slotted in like the number 10 spot of season one. I do. This is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I mean, you think of compare this to Heckle's Tale, which feels very <gasps> right? similar. Um, you know, similar time period. And even at first glance, I was like, is that the actress from Heckle's Tale? I know I've seen her before. Um, and then I realized, no, it's just another pretty brunette actress who is in the period story of this season of Masters of Horror. Um, and yeah, but like, it's a good, I think, comparison because in doing so, you see like, oh, right. This is how you make a period story on a very low budget and still manage to make it matter and say something yeah because he does clearly have he's telling not just a story but i think exploring something which is mm-hmm. you know destructive alcoholism and what that can do to a man and what that man can do to others as yep. a result um so that's there and it's weightier and it's not again i would never expect this of Stuart gordon because i don't think he ever did directed anything as a throwaway or phoned anything in and i don't think he does that here Ex- yes because heckle's tale feels like well what if we do this it's a period piece and it's the story in zombies yeah. right but this was like well what am I, what are we saying right like what what are we trying to relate to people watching this like and i appreciate thanks for the effort man yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't look che- like of course it, i mean it looked cheap because it I mean, right, I'm it sure limited. They, you know. Yeah, like sure, of course, but like it, you weren't watching it the entire time, going like, "This is what what is happening? Why yeah. am I watching this? Why does it look like this?" Yeah, and just the, I think too, as I think more about it, the, how do I say it? The writing, like a lot of characters talk about Poe in the episode, and it feel like it helps establish like what people thought of Poe, what people thought of his wife, like all of that. And again, like that could have been done really poorly or not done because why hire actors for this throwaway line kind of thing. But like, no, it's, it's important that you have his editor gossiping to the bartender about how, Mm -hmm. yeah, this guy thinks he's a poet, like all these little things that very clearly establish exactly who Poe is in this moment of the story. Yeah. Well, and also what's interesting is if you, you know, at her funeral, when they're saying, oh, he married his cousin. We don't do that here in in Philadelphia. And like, but you like that didn't actually happen. Like 
he's imagining that conversation. So it is a very interesting look into like his mm. self-hating nature in That's this. A good point. I think it's just it's really really interesting because he is the one who sees himself as being capable of these things. Yeah. And it's just it's it's like very redemptive and very self it's just really fun and not fun at all but like <laughs> once you see the trick and see where it like where it cuts off and where it just becomes him it it's very it's engaging and fun and you're like oh that felt like worth 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 my time i'm glad i gave my time to that and yeah. to your to your point about like the world building the very quick good effective world building is is we we don't see we get dropped right in boom we're dropped right in but we know like he he's already established people aren't into his poetry um he this is not he owes a lot of money to a lot of people he is not new to this game of yeah. of being unwise with his funds and drinking too much. so you know like it's not just like oh this guy he'll get it to get no there's a good chance he won't get it together yeah well especially because it's you know if you know watching today watching it like you know enough about poe to know well he died but he was like 43 or something he was very young um his wife did die young like all the things we know about poe you bring to it because you're not sure how much of this is where it's set because jeffrey combs is clearly in his probably late 40s when he made this so you don't know is this is this going to be the end of his life in this story i don't know which is mm-hmm. interesting in itself uh, yeah i talked myself into it i really liked it <laughs> good yeah i enjoyed it again not not my favorite but but good yeah yeah so yeah. certainly a recommend i'd say from both of us for sure. Yeah. And I mean, regarding the kitty violence, just know that it's only a movie. It, it is. And I, again, if, if it's not, if you're like, well, I don't think I need to see that. Look, I get it. Yeah. But, but if, if you're on the fence, it's, it's clear when it's a little stuffed yeah. guy, in, well, and, in my opinion. Oh, I would agree. And in the realm of does the dog die.com, like this is when we were like, well, yeah, animals die, but they all come back. So it's yeah. kind of okay. Like they don't really die. It didn't really happen. Yeah. Like, for like double. It didn't happen because it's a movie, but also it didn't even happen in the narrative. Right, because it's a story within a story. So, yeah. So I didn't I didn't feel that about the, the cat death in this. I say this as, like, I'm swarmed by them now. Mookie's been in my lap the whole time. Angelique just came over to give her opinion. I, they may have felt very differently, so I can't speak for them. Well, I'm, you know what? Honestly, people should take your word for it above mine. So, <laughs> There you go. I, I don't speak for them. But they do speak at me a lot. <laughs> oh, well. All right. So I guess that was Stuart Gordon's The Black Cat. Yes. A, a rousing success, all things considered. Yeah, I'd say. And we'll be back in a little bit to talk about the next episode, The Washingtonians. Later. Bye. And now, welcome to auditions for the longest-running show in Broadway history. Again. Scratch, lick, lick, purr, kick, scratch. Again, scratch, lick, lick, purr, kick, scratch. Again, scratch, lick, lick, purr, kick, scratch. Right, that connects with purr, purr, flick, hiss, scratch, step, turn, lick, lick, purr, kick, spray. Got it? Right, let's do the whole combination now facing downstage away from the litter box. A five, six, seven, eight.
I hope I get it. I hope I get it. How many kitties does he need? How many kitties does he need? Yeah, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. Does he want strays or Siamese? Does he want strays or Siamese? Look at all the pussies. At all the pussies. How many kitties does he need? How many strays or Siamese? How many kitties does he? I really hate this show, but God, I need the dough. I gotta do this show. Meow, I think I got it. I think I got it. I'll have a job forevermore. All these British, British shows, they run forever. They never close. No one seems to get it. Nobody gets it. All of the tourists wanna go to see the biggest set. They know that's why I have to get this. I really need. I've got a flea in my coat. Please God give me. I've got a fur ball in my throat. What will pass chorus line? Cats. What humiliation when the long run record breaks. Degradation every dollar it makes. Once chorus line top the hit list of Broadway shows. But Cats is so goddamn witless, the public goes. Cats proves that mediocre often passes for the best when it outruns all the rest. Situation. Let's unite and warn the nation. Let's...